Thank you for joining us today on Drawing Near. This podcast is designed to help in drawing near to God through reading God's Word and then applying its truths to our lives. If I can be of assistance to you, feel free to reach out to me through my email address in the description section of this podcast. After observing the Passover, Jesus and his remaining disciples moved to the Garden of Gethsemane. Luke's Gospel omits much of what Jesus said as they walked to the Garden. Today on Drawing Near, we observe what took place prior to Jesus' betrayal. Let's take our Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 22 and study Praying in the Garden. And as we prepare for today's study, let's go to the Lord together in prayer. Father, as we observe Jesus' praying in the garden, we are reminded that Jesus prayed often, many times all night long. Sometimes when he prayed, healing occurred. Other times when he prayed, winds and waves were calmed and multitudes were fed. You gave him discernment and wisdom and understanding as a result of his praying. One night after he prayed all night long, his disciples were called. He chose them out. Father, we pray that you would help us to understand not only the importance of prayer in Jesus' life, but of talking to you and fellowshipping with you in prayer was so important to the Lord Jesus. How much more important should it be to us? Father, we thank you for Jesus' willingness to sacrifice himself. And yet at the same time, as we see in your word, he did not want to go to the cross. He did not want to experience all that he would experience in the day that lied ahead. But Father, we pray that you would help us to comprehend what it is that Jesus did for us, that we would live lives that would be deemed worthy of his sacrifice. Open our eyes and our ears to the truth of your word. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. In Luke chapter 22, beginning in verse 39, we read, Coming out, or coming out of the upper room, he went to the Mount of Olives, as he was accustomed, and his disciples also followed him. When he came to the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw, and knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling to the ground. When he arose from prayer and had come to his disciples, he found them sleeping from sorrow. Then he said to them, Why do you sleep? Rise and pray, lest you enter into temptation. So as Jesus leaves the upper room and heads to the Mount of Olives to a garden called Gethsemane, his disciples follow along. They traveled to a place that he was accustomed to going. Judas knew that he would be there, therefore Judas could lead Jesus' captors to him. And so Jesus goes to where he is accustomed, to where he had gone with his disciples before and prayed before. His disciples are with him, and when he came to that place, he gives instructions to his disciples. He tells them to pray that they may not enter into temptation. And this is one of the things we need to learn about prayer. In order to avoid temptation, in order to be strong, prayer is necessary. And many people do not pray in the way that we ought. We pray for the sickness of other people and for their healing. We pray for the miseries and the problems in the world. We need to be in prayer to the Lord so that we enter not into temptation. 
That's what Jesus tells his disciples, and I believe this applies to us as well. Our chief concern before God is that we not sin, that we not fail, that we not fall prey to our weaknesses. And so they were to pray that they enter not into temptation. At this point, through all the things Jesus shares with them from the upper room to this point, the disciples are overcome by a great heaviness. We will see this in a moment. Jesus doesn't stay with these disciples. He goes apart from them. The Bible says about a stone's throw away. And he kneels down and prays. Now, I don't know that we are required to kneel when we pray, but I have found it in my life to be very, very helpful much of the time. I think it puts me in the right posture to pray. I am humbled before God. I am kneeling before him, and I kneel in front of no other. So Jesus kneels down and he prays, and we're told what was in his prayer. Now, maybe we're not told every single word, but this is what we are told in verse 42. Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Now, this is a short prayer, and no doubt it's accompanied by much sorrow and much grieving, much heartache, because we're told an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. Sometimes when we pray, we need strengthened from God. We have the Holy Spirit that indwells us as believers, and he helps us in our praying. So Jesus addresses his Father, and immediately he says, if it is your will. Jesus acknowledges that his own will and his Father's will may not be perfectly aligned, because Jesus is flesh and blood, and no one who is flesh and blood desires to go through what Jesus was about to go through nor can we comprehend the great price Jesus was going to pay as the sinless Son of God as he bore our sins on the cross. Jesus did not know sin. He had not experienced the kind of alienation and separation from God that our sin causes us to experience. Jesus was going to experience our sin on the cross and God's rejection of that sin in the hours that lie ahead. And so he says, Father, If it is your will, if it is okay with you, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Jesus loves the Father, and he loves us. And the Father loved the Son, and the Father loves us. And love does what is necessary, regardless of what we desire. And so Jesus was willing to go to the cross, even though he did not want to, because our need demanded it. He came to serve that need within us. And we're told that the angel appeared to him from heaven and strengthened him. He needed strengthening. Jesus needed strengthening. And we're told in verse 44 that he was in agony. And he prayed even more earnestly. We're told in other gospels that he prayed three times this type of prayer. Even after being strengthened, he was in agony. And he prayed even more earnestly, so earnestly that Luke tells us, His sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. It wasn't just little tiny beads on his forehead. It was like sweat pouring from his brow. This kind of agony, this kind of stress is not unique to Christ. We are told that it has happened in times past by medical doctors and scientists. But Jesus experienced this kind of grief, this kind of agony. In verse 45, we're told, When he rose up from prayer and had come to his disciples, he found them sleeping from sorrow. 
According to other Gospels, he'd come to them in between his praying and woke them up. His disciples now were in sorrow. Maybe it was because they saw Jesus' agony, they saw his suffering, they saw the drops of blood falling to the ground. We don't know. Maybe it's because they had begun to understand what was going on, or the toll of the evening had finally taken them, and they were really struggling. But they could no longer stay awake. They were asleep from sorrow. And Jesus says to them in verse 46, Why do you sleep? Rise and pray, lest you enter into temptation. What lie ahead for the disciples was something they did not understand. They could not perceive. And yet Jesus could. And he warned them that they needed to make ready. And even in their warning, their flesh, their sorrow, their weakness overcame their need to pray. We need to remember that it doesn't matter how tired we become, how much strain that it takes to pray, how much our flesh fights against our need to pray. There are times we need to fight through and pray so that we would not fall to temptation, so that we would not yield to the act of the flesh or the work of the devil. Jesus Christ goes to the cross. So we are told by what lies ahead in these next several studies that Jesus, going to the cross, succumbed or yielded to the Father's will. What was the Father's will? Well, it wasn't to take this cup away from him, but rather it was to have him drink this cup completely, fully. Praise the Lord for his grace and mercy. Praise the Lord for Christ's humble obedience to come down from heaven as a man and to bear on his body, with his body, our sin and our shame so that we might have forgiveness of sin and salvation. Praise the Lord. Father in heaven, thank you for your word. Thank you for this passage. We ask, Father, that we would have a greater appreciation of the sacrifice and the price that Jesus paid. Your word is clear concerning these things. Jesus suffered before he was betrayed, before he was tried, before he was convicted or crucified. His suffering was such that an angel needed to come and strengthen him and encourage him. Father, he had to be weary as he approached the cross. Father, help us to be faithful. Help us to draw upon the example and the strength of Christ through the work of your Holy Spirit in facing the things that lie ahead for us. Thank you for this sacrifice. Thank you for the provision for our sin and the gospel message that calls us to repentance. We give thanks to you through Jesus Christ. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, or the Facebook page Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City based on the truth that if we will draw near to God, he will draw near to us.